This episode is sponsored by Linode. Linode is offering listeners of this podcast a $20 credit, which is good for four free months at their lowest plan. Their plans start at one gigabyte of RAM for $5 a month. You can get your servers in any of their 10 data centers, and their high memory plans start at 16 gigabytes. Get a server running in under a minute. They do hourly billing with a monthly cap on all plans and add-on services like backups, node balancers, long view, etc. VMs for full control, running Docker containers, encrypted disks, VPNs, etc. You can run a private Git server. They provide native SSD storage, 200 gigabit network, and Intel E5 processors. They have 24-7 friendly support, even on holidays, and a seven-day money-back guaranteed. So go check them out at linode.com slash adventures in Angular. Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode 3.14 of the Adventures in Angular show. Get my joke in there. Huh? <laughs> I actually don't know what the episode is. But you, only, you, don't, you don't know any of the rest. Of, it's really a shameful that you don't know the rest of the digits. <laughs> I know 3.14159, and that's it. <laughs> how, many, how many can you do, Ward? Uh, you're, you know, I think it's two six after that, but I'm not sure. <laughs> wow, we've already derailed. We we don't know what the episode number is, so it is whatever it is. Maybe Chuckle splice in the the uh, the actual episode number when he edits this. <laughs> but uh, today on I was show, right. I was right. It's two six. That's I, <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Audience, the audience uh, knows that we are in a, a rare rare form today, uh, which as well, we usually are with Ward on. <laughs> I, Albert's last name is Pi, so this is actually very oh. fitting. <laughs> it's my episode. Awesome. awesome. So we have today on our panel uh, Ward Bell. Hello. And Alyssa Nichol. Hey, everybody. And I'm your host, Joe Eames, and our very special guest on this very special Pi edition of uh, <laughs> <laughs> Adventures in Angular is or are Eric Simons and Albert Pi. What's hey. up? How's it going? Is it Simons or Simmons? Simons. Yeah, oh, I've gotten that my entire life. Wow. <laughs> Lucky. Is it one M? All right. <laughs> so you two work for, what's what's the, again, what's the company name you guys work for? Uh, uh, Thinkster. It's, uh, yeah, Thinkster. That's, it's, that's uh, right. Yeah, our, that's our company. We're a two-man crew. We teach people full-stack development. Um, and uh, yeah, we, we've been uh, primarily teaching, it's mostly Angular. We started off actually just doing Angular about four years ago, and we've expanded to cover like, all the other stuff out there, like you know, Node and Rails and React, and you know, just just about everything, or all the major ones at least. Um, we teach you how to build full stack apps with them. Awesome. And today we're going to be talking about your very special product that's been hitting the develop you, the JavaScript development world by storm, Stack Blitz. Uh, so first off, do you guys want to give us a short little intro of you and your company? And we can you can hold off on Stack Blitz. We'll ask you specifically about that, but just the two of you and, and uh, Think Thinkster a little bit. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, I mean, Albert and I, we've known each other for, I mean, geez, it's got to be at least a decade and a half, maybe more. Yeah. We grew up down the street from each other in Chicago. Um, so we've been like childhood friends. Um, and uh, we started programming probably when we were like uh, somewhere between 10 and 13, and we started building websites together. And long story short, we found our way out to Silicon Valley, and uh, we've started a couple startups. And uh, our, our current uh, company that we do is, is Thinkster, like we just mentioned. And we got into the, the business of Thinkster because we wanted to make it a lot easier for people to learn how to become software engineers online. Um, because that's how we learn is, you know, sitting at a computer and, uh, we really wish that there had been more resources available to us. Cause back then it was like, you know, the, the mid two thousands, most of the learnings for programming were still sold in like books and they're very expensive. And, uh, we typically, you know, we had to kind of pick and choose what we wanted to learn. And so our, our goal with Thinkster was to, to solve that problem we had, um, you know, when we were, when we were young and wanted to learn. Um, and of course it solves it for all ages. Like we have people that are, you know, 13 all the way up until like 65. Like we've had people from all ages using things for, <laughs> to, to learn stuff. Um, I, no, it's, I, I, it's great. It's like the end of the road. Push me off cliff. My mom's like 65. 
Just no, no, like, I, imagine, like, everything up to infinity, okay? You might as well just... <laughs> right. right. I, this is just that we're aware. These are the people that we've talked to. I don't want to say, like, 80, because I just, I just don't know if we've had any 80-year-olds on our site, you know? Um, <laughs> I just want to know, you've actually met somebody who lived to the age of 65? Like, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god isn't isn't the mandatory like Wait a minute, i gotta get my teeth my teeth fell out i gotta put my teeth back in <laughs> there's a mandatory <laughs> euthanasia age right isn't that like 55 or something uh, I, I gotta tell you you know if i if i live to be 65 and i'm still like doing programming tutorials on the internet like i you know that that's gonna be awesome and it's just you know that i the people that do that today i'm just like blown away because it's like these are like lifelong learners you know and you know they're a dime a dozen um and uh, yeah, it's, it's been really cool. It's just it's cool to see the age gradient, uh, people from all walks of life coming to the site and learning about stuff. Um, and uh, I mean, that's actually how we got into the the uh, the business. It's not really it's like the side project of StackBlitz. Um, if uh, unless there's other questions about Thinkster, I can kind of talk about how we started StackBlitz up. Yeah, yeah let's, let's, let's talk about let's that. Let's move into Stack StackBlitz. And why did you do StackBlitz? Like, was did were you hanging a picture and fell and hit your head in the bathroom and dreamed it up? Well, or? first of all, what is that? I mean, what is StackBlitz? <laughs> what is what is StackBlitz? Is that what a typical story for fair? <laughs> <laughs> I got whacked in the head really hard. <laughs> uh, no, uh, sorry, uh, Ward. Did you did you uh, did you just ask something? I, I think I missed. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, that was just a voice from the beyond sixty-five. Um, <laughs> what what I, people should know what StackBlitz is, and then they're immediately going to say, but you know, there's a lot of other things that try it there. You know, that are uh, online coding environments, and why do we make StackBlitz? So, but first, tell them quickly in a sentence what StackBlitz is. Totally. Yeah. I mean, uh, StackBlitz is an online VS Code IDE for Angular, React, Ionic. Um, we're adding, um, we have a couple more as well. We have support like Spelt and Vue is coming soon. And the basic idea is you can come to StackBlitz and in one click, you get put into this VS Code environment where you can just start building out React Angular applications. Um, and it's got hot reloading, has all the stuff that VS Code comes with, like IntelliSense and you know, go to file, go to definition, all that sort of stuff. Um, and it actually can even work offline because one of the key things that we uh, invested in before we launched this thing was a, uh, we actually created a dev server that works inside of the service worker. So a lot of people actually will use StackBlitz on planes and trains and whatever have you, because uh, even if you go offline, you can keep refreshing and that dev server uh, keeps compiling and bundling and spitting out your assets, um, which is really like we, we haven't seen any prior art to anything quite like that. Um, wow. So a lot of people really like like that. It's, it's, it's a very real environment. Um, and the, the reason we created it was we teach a whole bunch of different types of, of folks on Thinkster. And the biggest problem that we had in teaching them was that their local dev environments were uh, not a great place to learn. Because get, first of all, getting them set up can be a huge pain. And they it takes a while. And it's also riddled with bugs. So you have people that are trying to learn Angular, the framework. And when they're trying to learn it, they'll run into a, a problem with like running out of file watchers or something with Webpack or something here or something there. And they're like, why is Angular not working? You know, they, they, they can't reason yet. Like, oh, this is the framework isn't the problem. It's like the tooling. And so it really impedes the learning process. Um, so for our learners, it's a big problem. And then for us, you know, we, we like building stuff. We, we have a lot of different side projects that we've worked on. So uh, we want a, a faster way to prototype because those bugs that are in your local environment are just kind of more of a nuisance to developers who have been around the block for long enough, right? So... StackBlitz, uh, you know, came out of this realization that, you know, all these tools that we use locally are, are written in JavaScript, right? So can't we just, you know, copy and paste the portions of the, you know, that code locally and make it like work in a browser? Um, and it turns out that like, it, it's definitely possible. It was just like an incredible amount of work. And so like Pi and I have never been ones to, to back down to a challenge. Um, and so once we figured out it was possible, we were like, all right, we're going to do this. And we just dumped like six, like six full, like more than full-time uh, months of work into this thing to, to put it online and, and make it possible. Um, and, uh, and yeah, we put it online and um, we've been delighted that folks have uh, found value in it because <laughs> we put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears in the thing. Um, so it wasn't done in vain. 
What's the business model behind it? I mean, uh, you know, I've got just curious. You, you put all that effort into it. What's the uh, – is it propelled by your training business? Is it, you know, or are you just, like, in it for the gratitude of the community? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, we are, like, pretty intrinsically motivated, motivated to work on it from a technical standpoint. I mean, it's, like, it's been one of the most technically challenging things. I mean, at least I've worked. I, would you yeah, say it's, the, it's, the, it's, it's the most complex piece of software I've ever worked on for yeah. sure. It's super cool. Like it's it's been a, just an incredible amount of fun to work on. For that reason alone, we've really enjoyed it. Um, but uh, and from from the, the business perspective, it helps us. I mean, it helps us teach our users on Thinkster. Um, and that was the the entire reason we went off down this this rabbit hole to to get the thing <laughs> made. Um, is that we we care a lot about the experience of the people learning on Thinkster and Stackblitz easily improves the learning experience by like five x or more. Um, and uh, of course, now that other folks are starting to use it, it also uh, makes people more aware of Thinkster's offerings. Um, so our, our work on Thinkster directly affects the business, or sorry, our work on Stackless directly affects the business of Thinkster. Um, and so it, it makes the, the, whole, the whole thing go round. Hmm. Well, you, you, you sort of jumped into the fray because there were other folks who were offering um, uh, coding in the browser. Um, like Plunker and CodePen, and I know I'm, I mean, there's got to been three or four others, but um, <clears throat> to my knowledge, nobody else has um, the combination of, uh, of, well, you know, having that, that, that having, are you using Monaco to, to, uh, to give, give that VS Code experience? Yeah, we're. I mean, we're using the same stuff that like VS Code itself is using. And so they actually like Monaco is a thing in VS Code. They split out. So like we we are using that stuff. We're also using other things as well because Monaco doesn't give you like the command P like go to file. Yeah, um, you have yeah, to wire yeah. up like go to definition and like you know stuff like like we we look at their source code. We pull out all like you know various pieces that Monaco like doesn't ship with. Because um, Monaco is like very, very bare bones. Like for example, the syntax highlighting you see in Stackblitz, um, we actually had to roll that ourselves because uh, Monaco uh, in VS Code they use TextMate grammars, which is like a C library, and you can't run that in a browser. So we right. actually had to write our own syntax highlighting stuff to get the uh, the VS Code. I think it's like called like VS Code Dark Plus because they have VS Code Dark, which is like the base one Monaco ships with, but Dark Plus is the the, the enhanced VS Code version that uses the TextMate grammar, so we wrote our own that does that stuff. Well, the net of it so, is that it feels like a real IDE as opposed to a kind of a scratch pad, uh, and that makes just a huge difference for people um, who are trying to learn something and don't know what the APIs are because you're getting the help. Uh, so for me, that was like the number number one top dog feature in Stacklets that kind of blew me away. Go ahead, Alyssa, you were going to say something. Oh, I was just going to ask. So when you two started like putting this together, was it like more of a, yeah, we'll just throw these like couple of JavaScript things together and it'll work. And then you started realizing how much extra there was to do, or did you have an idea in the beginning? <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I feel like it started off like, okay, let's see how much, how much like day-to-day -day stuff we can pull off in the browser and then a bunch mm -hmm. of were like okay this is possible but like what about these little things like are those possible and then they just ended up into this rabbit hole figuring out if things are possible and then like making them possible and figuring out like oh there's these other contingencies that have to be in place in order to make those things possible yeah I, that, that's a that's a good way of describing <laughs> it because yeah I, I from from the get-go like this was this was really a question of can we can we basically make a, a, a real dev environment entirely in the browser, right? Like that was the guiding, the kind of the guiding, the guiding mission. Um, and we, we weren't sure we were going to be able to do it like that. Cause I mean, no one else had really been able to do to, to the extent at least that, that we uh, had done it. There, there wasn't anyone else out there that we could look to. And so we were really in like no man's land um, for a lot of it. But uh, yeah, once we got a lot of the core stuff figured out, then we, you know, we kind of we were like, damn it, you know, this this will actually this actually has legs, you know. This kind of sounds like it started out as sort of a drunken bet, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know what would be awesome? <laughs> Developing in the browser. 
<laughs> it's, it's a good thing nobody suggested phone and then we'd be like, hey, this is stacked, but it's for your phone. We're going to, everybody's going to program on their phone now. <laughs> It works. It works great on your no. phone. Yeah, we actually just really? redid our mobile stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. We we just redid our mobile views. Um, and people use this thing to write on their phone, their iPad. Um, it does actually. Books. I pulled I pulled up some stuff on it the other day. And uh, like, do others work on the phone? I don't know if they do. Like I, other I, comparable ones. I think I think like some probably do. I think the, like the the I forgot to mention one of the key things when we were doing this was that we want like again it needed to be really good for prototyping. Um, and what that what that means is that for this to be better than your local environment at prototyping is it had to be faster and not just like a little bit faster. Like we wanted it to be five times faster in uh, the key ways that are typically, you know, a hindrance to fast turnaround times. Cause that's what prototyping is about is, you know, you want to put your idea in there and then see the result come back. Um, and so everything, you know, we, we had to do a lot of work on the, the MPM side and the bundling side, compiling, whatever, to get the 5X improvement over local, but also things in like the ID itself is like, you know, the, the time to interactive, we want that to be underneath two to three seconds, which we were able to do, but we had to be very, very uh, meticulous about uh, having a very low amount of resources in the browser at a given time to ensure that it, like loads insanely fast. So having low amount of resources, and then I asked you on another podcast, but I think, isn't it the fact that you guys wrote it, like wrote this in what, vanilla JavaScript, another reason? Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. We, and we had to write it in vanilla JavaScript because we had to be meticulous, basically, because we couldn't just take the existing, like, like, for example, like taking just Webpack itself and putting it in the browser would have added a couple of megabytes to our payload and the bundling times would have been five times slower than local. <laughs> so it's so we kind of go the opposite way when we just try and glue the existing stuff out there together. Um, whereas we had to basically piecemeal parts of what's out there and test to make sure it's, you know, super mm. fast and then and then actually roll it out, which takes a lot more time. But the end result is just a ludicrously fast experience of developing apps. Yeah, I was so impressed. I, I remember asking you, I was like, yeah, but what did you write it in? You're like, JavaScript. And I'm like, yeah, but what kind of JavaScript? Like, <laughs> and you're, you're just like, just JavaScript. I'm like, wait, what? Like, so, for me, it was so unheard of that I was just like, oh my gosh, these guys are so legit. I need to stop talking. So. <laughs> No, I, I, you know, we, we never worked on it. Again, we never really worked on anything. This we're to, to the, to the degree where it's like, we had to roll our own stuff. This is the first time we've had to, to go get this knee deep in, in custom, uh, like custom code. Uh, and yeah, it's been an experience. Um, learned a lot, <laughs> learned, learned a lot more about how stuff works under the hood and dev environments than I ever wanted to know. <laughs> well, it is really fast. I, um, I just loaded up the one of our larger uh, example apps uh, from the Google Doc from the Angular Docs, which is the router one. <clears throat> and it was, as you say, it starts uh, your time to first uh, visual. You know, you know, it's working was very fast, and it, it's a it's a fair number of files with an awful lot of npm dependencies and it was um operational in in under eight seconds you know just wall time and that is excellent um for this kind of an application i mean loading it myself at home would take eight seconds to get to get to this point so that's really great um yeah. the other, go ahead yeah, I, I, when we, we've got more improvements coming on on that front. Um, like on on the because uh, most of that time is probably being consumed in the uh, the the npm install, and um, we've been able to get that to be about five times faster than local. But we have we have a bit more performance. We think we can squeeze out um, on that. Maybe maybe up to two times as fast as it is now potentially. Um, but uh, yeah, we're we're constantly chipping away. We're speed demons. We're we're constantly kind of trying to figure <laughs> out how how we can increase the the performance of this thing well yeah, it, like, it works fast is fast enough Jeez. yeah exactly <laughs> well fast always faster than it was uh no but i mean for me this was point number two is that it really operates very quickly uh point number three is it looks just like the darren cli um <laughs> and you know i i that may not you know people don't know necessarily how hard that is uh but in our previous one we were using a lot of system js and things like that and I don't know what's really under the hood here, but it looks just like the projects I had on my um, 
I have on my local machine. And it looks, you know, I open up the dependencies and there are all these NPM packages here and I'm saying, how'd they do that? So, uh, but the fidelity to what I will get when I download the code is very high. And I'm curious, how did you do that? Totally. Uh, how did we do... Um, uh, like the NPM stuff. Oh, the NPM stuff. Uh, yeah, so that was that was probably one of the trickiest parts, uh, I think, of, of the entire thing. Because, um, yeah, I mean, uh, Yarn and NPM are designed to handle really, like, large dependencies, like with binaries in them for, like, back-end code bases. And so their install process is... Like we want Stackbus to, to be you know, feel like a supercar, you know, like super fast. Like when you like you know hit the gas, boom, you're going. Whereas like the install process for npm and yarn is it has to be more like a semi truck because it, it has to be able to carry massive load. But most front end dependencies don't typically have gigantic binaries in them, right? And um, so we ended up figuring out was that if we uh, created a smart package manager that essentially traced the main field, the typings field, and like other relevant fields in the package JSON, uh, we cut down the actual size of the payload uh, typically by four-fifths. And so you end up with this very, very uh, small package. And that adds up, too, because you have some packages that are, you know, you get even bigger cost savings than that. Like we've seen on the higher end, like up to two orders of magnitude and reduction of the size of node modules for that. Um, and on top of that, we also wrote a resolver that will go and grab the metadata. Um, and actually, Pi, you're the one who wrote the thing uh, for the, the <coughs> resolution of the dependencies. So I'll let you explain exactly how that works. Yeah, so the, for the dependency manager, there's really like two parts of it. And the first part that Eric already talked about is getting the source code that needs to be downloaded as small as possible. The other part, which is the dependency resolver, is trying to figure out the right version of these dependencies to download. So like when you Say you you're down, when you when you have like an Angular dependencies, being able to respect all of the peer dependencies and all of like the semantic versioning numbers and making sure those are all correct before you go and start the downloading process. So we were able to speed up that by basically having most of npm's data set within our data center in memory, so that whenever we get a package JSON that needs version numbers resolve, that happens in under like 500 milliseconds. Well, usually usually in like 85, yeah. right? Like we're, we're typically shooting 85. If you throw something giant at it, it might suck up, like just like ludicrously big, It'll it can go longer, but we're, our average response is around 85 milliseconds for any package.json, which is pretty crazy. Um, and all this stuff also works in browsers. So we have essentially like server side uh, it, uh, performance improvements that will like uh, deal with you know concatenating and gzipping like uh, the smaller versions of the packages and the in data center resolution. But the browser it'll the browser itself actually falls over to doing this stuff directly from CDNs or from the uh, npm registry or whatever have you. Um, so we the, our server side stuff is really just a boosting layer um, or a caching layer. And the the original logic, what Stackbits originally shipped with, it was doing it all in browser and was about the same speed as like npm or yarn locally. Um, but with a lot of the new improvements, we've been able to increase it five times that. Wow, five times? Yeah, yeah, it's really fast. I mean, if you, if you go to Stackbits and just type in, you know, your favorite package you use with Angular um, and see how fast it installs. <laughs> <laughs> so I really want to talk about a feature, um, which I don't really know what you call this feature, but you can like type in a GitHub repo, like into the Stackblitz URL, and it like pulls in the project. Yeah. Can we talk about that feature? <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, so we have this, um, this is actually, this was made possible because of Turbo and how fast it's able to install dependencies. It, uh, and, and Ward, uh, what you were talking about with... Um, uh, like the, the Angular docs where they're being able to spin up new projects on demand. The, a turbo also was the key thing we had to get in place there as well because uh, basically we wanted to be able to take any, like just give us a project, like uh, the project data, like a, an, an example Angular application and be able to boot it within, you know, five to 10 seconds on the higher end. So in order to do that, we had to install packages super fast. Um, so now that that's in place, we actually have this feature that Alyssa was mentioning where you just go to stackless.com slash GitHub slash GitHub, or yeah, slash GitHub slash GitHub username slash repo name. 
And it, if you go to that with any Angular CLI project on GitHub, it'll automatically suck that in and boot it directly on Stackless. You can live edit any Angular CLI project on GitHub, which is super cool. Yeah, that for me blew my mind because like Ward's all like, wow, the speed. And when you showed me that, I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool to just have it like seamlessly pull it in from GitHub and run it, you know, because then you can just like if you have examples or something, you can just push that to GitHub and then you know, point the link to Stack Blitz with your username and the, the name of the repo. Um, and actually, really soon, we're going to have the ability for you to commit back to that repo for directly from Stack Blitz and make PRs to it and merge conflicts and all that stuff. So you're going to be able to do the whole <laughs> GitHub lifecycle directly in Stack Blitz, which is going to be really I, cool. I feel like not only are you getting rid of, like, the need for the CLI, like, it can be behind the scenes, but, like, the need for people to, like, know how to use CLI, but also... The, like the need for setting up your environment on your computer. Cause like, that's just so cool to me to be able to like the first day at a new job, you type in the URL and you can like make a commit. Like you don't have to worry about the tooling or the environment. Like to me, that's mind boggling and really exciting. Yeah. Yeah. We're excited about it too. I mean, especially, you know, for, I think for, for developers like us that have been doing this for a while, it's definitely like super nice to, to have a lot of the stuff just abstracted and just kind of like being done for you where normally you have to get into the plumbing and like dealing with doing all this yourself, like whether it's the CLI or Git or whatever have you, but especially for beginners. I mean, it is like, this is, mm. um, this is pretty, this is pretty cool. And one of the things that we're pretty excited about is that this thing works super well on the lowest end Chromebooks. Um, like a couple or back in December, we gave a talk at Google about this and we brought in just this like potato of a Chromebook. And if I say potato, I mean, it was just like <laughs> worst Chromebook that it was like $165 including shipping, right? Like just oh awful. And uh, we brought this thing in and we were live editing an Angular application and we installed dependencies and it was like operating faster than my local environment was on my MacBook Pro. Right. Whoa. And so like, and you know, the reason what's, what's cool about that is that you have, you know, kids in K-12, like, you know, Google selling these Chromebooks, like those, that level of Chromebook, $165 Chromebook, that's, that's the, the sort of thing they're selling in mass to K-12. And now because of like stuff like stack blitz, where you can do this in the browser, like really fast, um, kids, you know, when they're young and when they would be wanting to learn about these sorts of things can actually be exposed to modern web development. And they can actually learn about this stuff. And uh, schools are already starting to use StackBlitz to teach their kids JavaScript. Um, they and are? Yeah. Like, we have we have people that are using StackBlitz to teach, you know, kids that, are, you know, from ages 8 and up, maybe younger, we, if, we, if we haven't talked with them. Um, but, uh, yeah, like, K-12 is actually starting to use this product, which we think is really cool. Because, like, Pi and I, you know, are, we came from humble beginnings. And, uh, you know, we want to make sure that, you know, it's, it's important to us that we ensure that the next generation of programmers um, can have unfettered direct access to, to learning how to create awesome websites and web apps. Um, so we're, we're pretty excited about, about that in K-12. Very cool. So you said that this is great for learning students. Do you feel like there is a place here for um, advanced, you know, like professional developers, not just to try out new stuff and to fiddle around, but... I mean, we all know what Adam is, and, well, I guess that may not be true. Adam is a, a really, truly, like, an, a development environment, right, but tries to be online. So is this potentially have some some possibility there? Well, I, so I, does Adam do stuff online? Sorry. Uh, no, it doesn't do it online, but it just reminds me of Adam, right? Like uh, Adam was built with built on JavaScript as well, just like VS Code. Oh, got it, got it, got it. Um, so are, are you wondering if, if we're gonna uh, like tr uh, try and uh, create like a local? Yeah, there's there, but there's the other one, a uh, Cloud Nine, right? That was the one I was thinking right. of when I said it, when I actually said Adam. But Cloud Nine, they're actually like an online IDE. Are are you seeing that as a is that a potential future here? Um. Yeah, I, I think. Uh, yeah, I think. I, think, I mean, I think that the the big difference between us and and like Cloud Nine is, you know, Cloud Nine is basically like a, a a GUI that you know talks to network to some VM in the cloud, 
And so you're like the actual CPU cycles of like what's happening are being done on some VM, which typically means that the you you, know, you have to pay for this VM out in the cloud. Um, and whereas with StackBlitz, we're actually leveraging all of the hard work is being done by your machine. Like it's it's everything's being executed inside of your web browser. Um, so we we don't actually have any any VMs or anything like that on the cloud that you're connecting to. Uh, and what that what that leads to is that one StackBlitz is super cheap for us to host. You know, we we spend uh, I don't know, a couple hundred bucks or something at most for for the hosting, um, and that's that's pretty much unchanged since we since we launched. Um, and the other thing is that there's no latency and it's like really fast because it's being done directly on your local machine. Um, so right now we're, we're we're still just drilling into like the that that technical difference. We're still exploring that. We're like how how many of these things can we have the browser do, because it's a better experience for the user because it's very fast and it's being done directly on the machine, and it's a better experience from a, a price perspective because it's it's free. Their their machines doing all the work that you would normally be paying some VM that's you know like half the power of your local machine anyways, to like compile your Angular app or whatever. Um, so I think I think that's like really the big difference between us and Cloud9, or and you know, there's a handful of kind of IDEs that are just like a uh, a portal to like a VM essentially. Um, but yeah, I mean at some point you know we we'd love to get into the backend stuff as well. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, th I think our big thing is just speed. Like we we only do things that we are confident that we can you know bring a five x improvement to in terms of of speed and experience. Cool. Are you ready to master Angular? Oasis Digital offers Angular Bootcamp, a three-day intense workshop class for individuals or teams. They cover Angular 4 and 2 and focus on the skills and knowledge you need for complex, data-rich applications. They also still offer AngularJS for teams supporting older projects. Bring them to your site or send developers to them in St. Louis, San Francisco, New York, D.C., and other cities and online at angularbootcamp.com. So you said that this can run disconnected. Uh, I don't see any particular button you click that says go offline, but it just detects that you've lost your connection or, it just, or it's just running in the service worker locally or, or what's what's the deal? What do I have to do to make it run offline? Yeah, so so if you if you kill your, like if you, you know, disconnect your computer from Wi-Fi or Ethernet or whatever and you have no internet connection and you like keep typing inside the editor and refreshing, you know, your, your preview pane, um, it that will your that dev server like will actually you know refresh the page and it's rebundling and recompiling recompiling and everything. It's like a local dev environment in that regard. Um, and because of that, you actually get a, a canonical URL for your application, uh, and you can open that in a completely different browser window. And so you can do you know just like you do locally, you have your editor in one window, you have like your browser in another that's you're know, seeing the updates. You can do the same thing with StackBlitz. So you can actually open an entirely new window and be refreshing open up the console, do like real debugging on the thing. Um, but yeah, you just, just you know, kick off your internet connection and you just try refreshing the preview pane and it'll, or the, or the preview window, any, any you know, uh, however you are accessing it and it'll keep working. I'll be darned. I'm just trying it as you say. And uh, true enough. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I didn't disconnect because if I disconnected, we wouldn't still be talking. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you might want to try this after. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but I mean, the pasting around and stuff. Um, yeah, no, it's just uh, there's a lot of goodies in here. Um, but I mean, if, just the basic, basic thing, you know, is, is I, I, I love having the, the full editing experience and, and um and that it runs like it does, and then it looks just like the code I had at, at home, you know. And and everything else you're talking about, that's that's gravy, uh, good gravy though. Um, <laughs> glad to hear you. Glad to hear you like it. Yeah, we 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 spend a lot of time making sure that uh, um, we try and keep it to to reflect exactly what you expect of like a local environment. We spend a, a ton of time, um, everything from just like the technology even to the UI. We want to make sure it feels just like a normal environment you can do the same exact stuff a normal environment you, you like that you would do there um so it's great to hear the word that we're we're uh pulling through uh in that regard so i i, I probably should mention something else I, again if you're like if you've got your own stuff and you're trying to do documentation you want to give people samples which is the, what the angular teams in the business of but i mean we have our you know ideally we have breeze and things like that love to give people examples uh, that they can play with 
in uh, an environment like this so that they can get a real experience uh, and not just read the read about the code, but see it there. And the uh, all the Angular docs have a link in them. And hopefully by the time people hear this, when they click that link, it'll be showing in StackBlitz, uh, which is a, a, a great way to engage directly with the code that you're reading about. Now, as and a already working in material, right? And I understand it's working in material. Um, yeah, they, there are no technical obstacles, to my knowledge, between that, that what I'm saying as I speak and our having it out there. It's, it's just, you know, whatever we have to do to get it punched out. So uh, I'm feeling like when people hear this, um, uh, the Angular docs are going to be in stacklets. And so one of the things I wanted to comment about was, like, suppose... Suppose you say, well, I've got my own product and I want to give my customers um, examples of how, you know, you know, I see it running in StackBlitz. <clears throat> uh, what do I do? And, and, and what used to be done is that one would actually put uh, samples in, say, a StackBlitz and give people the URL in StackBlitz and then they would go there. And the problem is, is that as your samples evolve or as your code evolves, uh, you know, if you're product or like say your breeze or whatever your thing is uh you would have to go into stack blitz and update it whenever you pushed a new release or you fix the sample and stuff like that and that that's a maintenance burden that would be too hard well it would be really hard maybe I know, too hard is whatever you've got money and time to do um but what we do in a, a, in the angular docs which um and you could do this yourself you could steal our code there, you know, it's open source for, for doing it yourself, is we generate a stack blitz formatted HTML file that actually has built into it all of these little files. And I, I mean, there are hundreds in this example I happen to be looking at. And we send that HTML file to stack blitz and you guys take it and turn it into this project, which means that the generation of these um, Stack with HTML files is something that's part of my own development process. It goes in, you know, uh, it, uh, you know, I'm managing it in GitHub myself. Uh, it gets versioned. It gets uh, every time I get a new commit, I run that. Run we we run the Stackplace generator, and so I'm in complete control of it as part of my maintenance uh, world. And I don't have to run out to Stackplace and go fix a hundred samples when I have a new release. I just count on the fact that this HTML file is going to be part of my um the you know what i'm pushing out as part of my documentation and that that is great and i'm so glad that you guys the stack let's implemented this so that so that people like us can can write samples and maintain samples that can that display in stack blitz. i guess that's the net of it yeah no totally yeah and i, and I um yeah, for, for the Angular folks specifically, uh, we created a, a custom API that's like very battle hardened. Like I think Pi spent at least a couple of weeks on this thing, not because it was hard to like set up an API, but it's uh, we fortified the, the the crap out of the thing um, because it's going to be getting hammered with you know millions of requests, uh, and so we're doing like aggressive caching on the stuff that comes through there so that we're not you know regenerating. Um, projects you know all you know all the time because a lot of them are, are duplicates you know of what other people are the, the links people are clicking on but we're going to be opening up an api so that anyone can post data to us um and spin up new stack blitz instances on demand um completely for free so you know if you have if you have an open source documentation and you want to just have a, a link someone can click on and uh see that running in stack blitz that example code you can do that um, there's even, we have a couple of companies that are talking to us. They have like products that, you know, there's like a design tool that lets you design React components. They want you to be able to click to open in stack blitz, like stuff like that. Um, our API is going to let people start building out some really cool integrations, um, that, uh, that could leverage what stack blitz does. Yeah. That, I mean, that, that's great. I, I, another thing I think would be, this would be cool for is if I'm trying to develop something for a customer and I want to share uh, code with my customer an example of their app that's running and stuff like that. And there's no server environment. There's no, you know, they, they just, I just want them to see what, what this might look like. And uh, so I can get the, the customer's feedback on whether I'm going in the right direction and all that other kind of stuff. It's super great for that. It's super great for filing bugs. 
you know, one of the things I hate as a being on the other side of this is somebody says, well, you've got a bug in your code. It's like, well, yeah, can I have a repro? And they, <laughs> and they say, uh, what's that? How do I get that to you? And then mm -hmm. they email me something that, uh, you know, it's just horrible. But this, this uh, is, again, another one of those things where you can just whip out a reproduction of an error. And now, um, as the person responsible and uh, accused of writing bad code, which never happens, um, <laughs> I can see your repro uh, and work on it. It's just, it's just making the whole dev cycle easier. Yeah, it's, it's perfect for use cases like that, for sure. I mean, we see a lot of people on Stack Overflow or on GitHub, you know, when they're doing repros, they're using StackBlitz now. Um, and it, and it, since it's so close to your local environment, it's very easy typically to recreate, you know, whatever issue you're running into, which has traditionally been a problem with a lot of the other, like, playgrounds um, because they don't have, like, multi-file support or they don't have NPM support. Like, they, they don't have all the things a normal right. environment would have. Um, so it's super great for that. And then, you know, for like what you're saying with the clients, that's actually another use case, like again, for prototyping and saying, Hey, you know, does this look good? Uh, we have really cool stuff, um, that's, that's going to be coming down the pipeline for that. Uh, like we have, uh, OTA hot reloading. So being able to hot reload your application across devices and airwaves and continents. So you can be on the phone with your client and say, Hey, go to this URL, my stackbooks URL. And do you like, do you like the color blue for that? And they're like, no, no, no. Can we try green? You just type green hot reloads over the air to them across the world. They can see it and give their feedback. Um, so that's, that's, that's going to be super great for, for, teams or if you're working for a client um, and you want to show them changes like in real time. And it's not just like the color of a button. You can actually change entire functionality over the air without them even refreshing their browser, um, which is which is pretty cool. So that stuff's going to be coming out like actually very soon. You people are busy. When are you going to get around to training? <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Uh, yeah. Well, uh, we're, we're bringing some awesome folks on to help out on the training end. Um, and uh, Alyssa was one of the people that convinced us to open up a Patreon, and we're going to be doing that really soon. Um, so, yeah. you know, we, uh, they were like, you got to, you got to, you know, we want to give a, give you our money to keep working on this. And we're like, okay, I mean, you know, we're not going to say you no. You would not <laughs> believe the projects that, like, me and my husband, we're both developers, or our friends, will just back. They'll be like, hey, give us five bucks. And we're like, yeah, sure, okay. Because we have <laughs> so much respect for people who are building tooling that, even if we do use this a little bit. So this was so mind-boggling. I was like, how do you not have a link for people to give you money? To help support you. So yeah, I'm excited about that. <laughs> yeah, we are too. I mean, our hope is that we can. Um, I mean, you know, if we if we can get a, a good amount of support, you know, we'd like to you know work on this stuff. Um, you know, a, a good portion of our time. Like we'd love to start committing a lot of core hours to keep uh, moving this thing forward. So uh, yeah, we're 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 very hopeful that you know people step up and we can we can start you know taking a lot of our our time and putting it towards working on stack blitz. Okay, cool, man. I, I'm so excited about this. And just it, I can't wait till it's in the docs because I think it's just going to open up the, um, like, some people's eyes who still haven't seen it yet. Because I I heard of it a couple months ago, actually, before you were on either podcast. But I, I know there are people out there who haven't heard of it yet. So I'm excited for that to that PR to go through. <laughs> Us, too. Us, too. Yeah, we've just been, we've been sitting waiting for the pull request for the doc to flip over for a couple months now. And we're just... Yeah, we're we're very we're very excited, and we're also kind of on the edge of our seat because uh, we we don't exactly know when it's actually going to land. <laughs> I, was gonna, I was gonna say, are you scared? Are you scared a little bit? <laughs> we're just we're just kind of you know like we gave them our phone. We're like, listen, you know, if if whenever this thing goes through, if anything goes wrong, doesn't matter the hour, day or night, just just call me on my cell phone and we'll we'll take care of it because we just we're just afraid of of you know us going to sleep and then for you know twelve hours with your sleep or whatever then everything just goes wrong you know um, but uh, yeah we, we've we've done a, a ton of work in fortifying that the integration with that specifically so we're we're hoping that you know everything everything goes well there um, but yeah I mean we're We've, it's been awesome to work with the, the folks in the Angular team um, on this and, and all the other stuff too. Like it's yeah, it's been a dream come true. Like we 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 love all the folks there. Well, we feel the love. Um, tell us about um, a Turbo, which I think is somehow driving the the npm stuff, but it's a separate, it's a standalone thing. Well, yeah, didn't you mention it earlier with the speed? Was it? Yeah, yeah. So when we were talking about the npm stuff earlier, that that actually was Turbo, our architecture there. Um, and uh, I mean, the TLDR of it is uh, we, 
we created this this package manager that's able to work entirely within a web browser, and it actually works five times faster than your local machine, uh, whether with Yarn or NPM. Um, and I, I can go over some of the, the other. I, I talked about a lot, or we we talked about a lot of the technical points on it earlier. But um, but there's a, there's a lot of stuff in there. I think that uh, that might that you might may have questions about. Um, so ha we're happy to answer anything else on Turbo. Well, is it a standalone product? And if so, how would I use it? Or yeah, so um, we are we're actually going to be releasing a lot of the source of that um, probably within the next couple of weeks. And our our hope with it is uh, that folks will start take because the, the thing with Turbo is that it it can be used locally, but there's going to have to be a lot of code written to to augment it. Um, and our goal is is not so much how do we bring this to local right now. It's we're still focusing on how do we make stuff work really fast in the browser. Um, and so uh, we've been talking with a lot of people in the community on you know hey we'd love to see experimentation not only about bringing this to local but also people are you know talking about bringing to um, script type module being able to actually do you know npm dependencies uh, with actually just the script type module tag uh, and um, yeah so so turbo itself we think it, it, it's going to be used in a lot of other places and actually npm themselves are now starting to work on uh, a package manager for front end sort of thing that's actually using a lot of the principles that we figured out with turbo Great the way that works, doesn't it? I mean, those guys are just sitting on it, and then Yarn comes along, and now they suddenly have to get faster, and then you come along, and now they got to get faster. <laughs> no, it's you know, it's it's uh, yeah. I mean, we're, you know, we're we're it, this is tough stuff. You know, it's, I think it's um, it's very it's very expensive to experiment, especially on things like this. And so that you know, they when they when we launched, they came into our our Discord channel, and they're like, you know, honestly, we're delighted to see this because. These were there's a lot of ideas that you guys have now proven that we were kicking around, um, and you know that's great. I mean, you know, it's 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 great that we all can kind of contribute ideas out there and and uh, help improve web development for everyone. So, so in the pre-show when we were talking together, you were mentioning something about. Um, Interactions with Firebase and potentially Azure. What what was that about? And, and I mean, now we're looking beyond where you are now and what you're where you're going. What's what's that all about? Yeah, uh, it, it, we're we're pretty um, we're pretty excited about that. So the idea is that you'll be able to come to Stackbliss, you know, just like you would you can today, and build out a project. Uh, and in one click, you're going to be able to deploy directly to Google's infrastructure on Google Cloud and Firebase in just one click. Um, and that's that's really awesome because it, it removes a lot of barriers for you know getting, okay, I have this project, now how do I get it out there on the web, you know? Um, and so we've been working uh, with some of the, the cloud folks um, on Google's end to, to do an integration there. And it's 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 going to be the, probably the coolest deployment experience ever because it's we're, we we figured out how to cut down the time of deploys, just a huge amount. It's you, you're within seconds from hitting the deploy button. It's going to be live, um, and uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure how much more I should say. I guess until we launch it, but it, it's it's going to be super cool. It's going to be the by far the fastest way to deploy any Angular, React, or whatever application to the cloud. So if, if I understand correctly, what I would do is I would go into Stackblitz and I would sort of write my little application, or maybe I would import a starter and make some adjustments. And then I would push a button and it would deploy what I had in Stackblitz to a Firebase server. Is that the idea? Uh, Firebase or Google Cloud, depending on what like what you right. want. Or to. Azure, which we, once we uh, work out that. Yeah, we, yeah, we, you know, if John Papa's listening, hey. Uh, we'd love to, to have Azure as a deployment target because um, those are the two big ones: is Google Cloud and Azure. Like those the people have been asking us, hey, you know, what, are, am I going to be able to deploy directly there? That'd be amazing. Um, and yeah, so you'll be able to just like within Stackblitz, you OAuth with Azure or, or Firebase or Cloud uh, or Google Cloud that is, and uh, you you create your server, you pick one, and then from there on out, you just hit deploy, and it takes your project and puts it out there live. Um, and you know, all of these deployment services you can, you know, you can point an actual domain at, right? So your personal homepage or your, your side projects page, you can 
you know, just have that wired up. And so inside of StackBlitz, within seconds of hitting deploy, that's going to be live uh, on, on those services. Pretty nice. Yeah, we're, we're, we're really excited about it just because usually deploys can take a long time. And um, yeah, there's some of the stuff in um, some of the, the technology that we've been working on on the bundling side has allowed us to to really blast past a lot of the, the previous limitations on the speed of deploying. So how long were you going there, Ward, that you didn't know you were muted? <laughs> the whole time I asked that question. Uh, <laughs> And then, and then it was this long silence there. And then you you jumped in, Alyssa. And then I, I uh, that's when I realized nobody was listening. I thought that I was just sounding like an idiot. So <laughs> I am in that six, you know, over the cliff sixty. Oh you know, my word! It's all, it's all over for me zone. So you know, I can't even get that mute. <laughs> I'm, I'm never going to hear the end of that one. <laughs> no, no, you're not. No, uh, okay, you're not. I'm going to give you. I'm going to be brief forever about that. No, I was actually going to say you can add. Um, somebody over the age of 100 has actually used our app now. Like you know, to because Ward just used it. <laughs> Ouch! Ouch! Oh, 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 I know. I, you know, I go to my the school that I read to, and I and I say to the kids, "So, how old do you think I am?" And they say, well, they think of the largest number that they know, and it's like 23. <laughs> and you and you don't feel flattered? I'd be like, yes, I am 23. Uh, yes. I would, but I just I know that that's the highest number they can count to, and clearly the highest number Eric can count to is 65. <laughs> no, I need I need to get a token 80 year old so I can I can bump our number up. <laughs> You should put that out. Like, I'm looking for eighty-year-old. No oh my! They got so that on we, Tinder. Swipe right for an eighty-year-old. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> uh, um, so, did we talk about? Like, I know we talked about importing a project or typing in the GitHub URL, and then hopefully soon to get on Azure or Firebase. What about like the in between? So I know we don't have like a visual aspect, um, but is there any like features that you wanted to walk through? Like one that I thought of was the the stuff that you did with the CLI. Like I remember, isn't there like a button or something you can click to create a new component or something? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. So I'd love to talk about that because I know the audience can't see it, but maybe we could walk them through a couple of because there's just so many bells and whistles that I'd like to. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, Mention. totally. Yeah, yeah, no, th thanks for, yeah, thanks for, uh, for, for bringing us to a visual. Because I, I think that actually, I think you're totally right. I think it's, that to me is actually one of my favorite features of StackBlitz. Um, and it's like a small thing, but like when you actually use it, you're like, wow, I, that's really cool. Um, so if everyone on here is, uh, I imagine everyone's probably familiar with the Angular CLI and the generators. You type ng generate, new component, whatever have you. Um, so, what, on Stackless, we actually integrated with the CLI generators um, and some of the upcoming schematic stuff they're doing. And it's really cool because you don't have to type into a command line or anything. Just in the file sidebar, like imagine in VS Code, you see your files. If you right-click on any folder, it gives you the typical options of you know create a new file or a new folder or edit this folder name or whatever. And then it has a list of all the generators you can run. And it's like generating new component, service, directive, guard, et cetera, et cetera. You click on that, you type the name you want. It's like home for home component. You hit enter. And within, you know, it like not even, it's just like instant that all the files for that component are scaffolded into a folder called home. So it's like the home folder has been created there. The HTML, CSS, and uh, TypeScript file has been created. And your application has been hot reloaded with that in it. And it's been added to your ng module. Right. And this all happened like literally in one click, like boom, new component. And so what that means is that you can scaffold entire applications in literally like minutes, not even like in a minute. You can just right click, create new component, create new component, create new component, create the shared module, add the user service, add the API service. And that would take if, I, if we could do this on a screencast, I, I would literally be able to add about 15 seconds flat. And now I have an entire application scaffolded. So it's like I was so like just flabbergasted when I saw that, um, and I I was actually wondering 
should you add like you know how you hover over a link and it'll show like the url at the bottom of the screen like super tiny like i'm wondering should you add like what command is running behind the scenes just so developers don't forget because like that's my worry right it's like if I start using this, I'm not going to remember any CLI command ever. Like, just <laughs> not. Like, <laughs> but no, I think it's, it's always a good thing, I guess, when you abstract away and make it easier on the devs. That was a worry of mine. I was like, I'm going to forget everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's honestly, it's something we wrestled with. We were actually originally were thinking, well, you know, do we give them kind of a fake, like, console where they have to type in ng new component, you know? Because, like, for NPM, when you install dependencies, that actually is uh, pretty much the exact same as when you're typing into the command line, like npm i, this package, space, this package, at version, space, this package. You can actually install multiple packages at a time in the same style there. Um, and you can even copy and paste, like a lot of repos have, oh, to install this package, copy and paste this, npm i, Redux or whatever, right? And you can kind of just copy and paste that even with the npm i, our, our client automatically strips it out and installs the package, right? Um, so we were wondering, you know, do we do the same thing with the, CLI generators, and we decided to, to not just because the visual of being able to point at the specific folder that you're that you want that thing generated in was actually the, the turnaround time actually seemed like a lot faster than having to like CD into the directory and kind of figure out where you were and, and that sort of thing. Um, but we are we're going to be opening up a lot of the flags though. So if you want to do like dry run or um, any of the other flags that come come in with that, when you're typing in the component name, you'll you can just type dash dash dry run or dash dash this. Um, and uh, so you'll be able to configure it that way. The only thing you're not doing then is typing ng generate. Very cool. I did not know that feature was there. I just tried it. It works great. I, it's yeah. It's it's. We need to we, we need to figure out how to like just throw that at people. We were thinking of originally having when you click on the add file thing, it would show all the options. But um, maybe maybe we'll do that. But we've kept it as just right click for now because it's kind of a power feature, you know. Um, oh yeah yeah yeah. The, the I did notice. <clears throat> um, you don't have any documentation. I know we've we've been very yeah we've uh, we we need to circle you're, back. You're moving too fast. You're moving too fast. And you know what? I think we'd rather have the code than the docs. But, but, but um, is, are there ways that people can contribute to your to to Stackbooks to make it you know like to uh, you know somebody wanted to uh, give you some docs or something like that? Is there? Yeah, um, you know, yeah, we we need we need a. Um, uh, do a better job of, of getting people involved in the project. Uh, and I think the docs would actually be, I, I didn't even think about that. That'd be a perfect place for us to start. Because um, the, the problem that we have with a lot of the, the internal code, because we want to, our goal is to open source, you know, a lot, most of the core tech or pretty much all of it. Um, so other people can use it in playgrounds or, you know, whatever they want. Uh, but the, the problem is that our API churn is just immense because we're, we, we, we touch so many things. Like we, we have this package manager we created. We have this bundling and dev server. We have, we're dealing with the actual IDE just itself. Um, and so our APIs are turning so fast that it's to, to, to put it into open source would actually be more of a hindrance to us than, than a help. Um, and it, we can't even find the time to write documentation just on the features. <laughs> so we're, we're trying to, we're trying to, um, we're trying to get a lot of the API churn slowed down. We think we're getting pretty close to it, probably for the next couple of months here. Um, but uh, yeah, well, I, I think if people want to help out with the docs, we would welcome that help uh, definitely because it's it's something that we've been meaning to get around to. Well, is there anything that you guys can think of that we haven't asked you, or that we didn't cover about either origin story or Sackbus itself? Do you have anything in the future that you want to talk about, like where you're going? Yeah, I think I think we've covered most of it, honestly. Um, yeah, we're we're going to be spending a lot of time uh, on the things we, we've already discussed. Uh, I mean, the the only other thing I can think of is we're going to be doing like real time collaboration. So you can just you know, it's like Google Docs essentially for for. So Google Docs plus VS Code, right? Like that's essentially going to be the idea. And you send a link, people can jump in and type and you know, what, what they're typing gets hot reloaded in your browser as well. Um, so you actually be able to do some pretty cool collaboration with folks. Compare coding and stackbooks. I like that. Oh, yeah. 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 VS Code added that recently. I guess it's still in their preview. Wait, what? Uh, it's in their preview, um, yeah. But it's a pretty nifty feature to be able to, it, and you know, it's not, 
it's not just like screen sharing. It's, uh, you know, you're handing the cursor back and forth as people are, are working on the same project. And, and what a great way to help another, you know, developer through a problem. So. Yeah, they, they did a really good job on, um, it's called live share, I think, right? That's it. That's it. Yeah. 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 They, they did an awesome job. We were actually just talking with some of the folks on the VS Code team yesterday about that and some of the other things they're doing. But yeah, it's actually really cool what they did there. Cause it's like you said, it's not just, you know, doing the text. Like I think Adam's teletype is, you know, it's just sending like text transforms. They're actually doing a full virtual file system. So you're at, you can access the other person's FS and even their browser and stuff like seeing the changes there. So uh, yeah, it's really cool, and, and yeah, it's a stack place. What we want to do with, you know, on our end is we want it to be very similar to the stuff that they're doing there because they did a complete killer job on live share. Cool. Well, um, since we seems like we've covered most of the topics we wanted to talk about, maybe we should head it over head over into picks. Do you run your own freelance business, or maybe you're thinking about picking up some business on the side? Well, then you need FreshBooks. FreshBooks is the quickest and easiest way to get invoices out to your clients. It's easy to use. It works anywhere, available from any device, uh, on the desktop, iPhone, iPad, Android, and all of your data is backed up and secure. And it makes it really easy to get organized and get paid. You'll be tracking time, logging expenses, and invoicing your clients in no time. You can also save time billing, freeing up several days per month to focus on the work that you love, and you get paid faster. FreshBooks customers are paid on average five days faster because there's a link on the invoice that says pay me now. And it's a great way to grow your business. Plus, FreshBooks is offering a 30-day trial. That's right, 30-day trial if you try them out. So go to gofreshbooks.com slash devchat and enter devchat in the how did you hear about us section. Once again, for a 30-day trial, go to gofreshbooks.com slash devchat and enter DevChat in the How Did You Hear About Us section. So why don't we start with Ward? Ward, you got oh, I don't, I don't have any picks this week. We got uh, picks. <laughs> I know. Ward, you have, you've got nothing? No Ward, cool I'll pick for you. You're going to pick Star Wars. No, not in a million years. That's my anti-pick of the year. Well, you, I'm still trying second. to get over you the trauma. You said that movie converted you, and you're now a Star Wars. It was your I never movie. said that in ever. I, I'm pretty <laughs> sure. I tweeted that you said that. Uh, uh, oh fake God. news. Fake news. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Alyssa, how about you? Um. So, one movie. Uh that I went to see last week-ish, I think, was The Greatest Showman. Has anybody else seen it yet? Yep. No, but I was curious about seeing it. it Holy it's good. moly. Oh, it was so good. I, like, walked out, and I was just like, that was amazing. It was just, like, the music was beautiful. The choreography and the dancing was incredible. The acting was top-notch. It was entertaining, and it's just really altogether, like, I can't say that I liked it more than Star Wars because that would be blasphemy, but like it was good. <laughs> well, see, now that was one of the ones I was thinking I was going to put on my list because I heard about it and I thought, oh, really? But I have another one that's like that that I'm putting on my list that's like, really? Which is, I am what? Tanya Harding. <laughs> like, how can that be a movie? Yeah. But, uh, what? I am Tanya. Mm-hmm. You got to check it out. Uh, people are saying it's great. I can hardly believe it. So like, that's got to be. Theaters? It, in yeah. theaters and uh, but Joe, that must be your pick. <laughs> that was going to be my pick. You stole it, but that's all right. You can have that one. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was my non-tech pick, and I guess my tech pick would be NG Atlanta, which is I'm going to at the end of this month, and I think tickets are still on sale. So if you want to come to Atlanta and hang out and be my best bud, you can still get a ticket. So yeah, NG Atlanta and The Greatest Showman. Awesome. Okay. Um, so I'll go next. I've just got a couple of picks here. Last night, I went and saw the musical Something Rotten. It's a Broadway musical. It happens to be on tour. Came here to Salt Lake City. Went and saw it. It's the second time I've seen it. I saw it on Broadway. Absolutely loved it on Broadway. Loved it again on tour. So... If it happens to be coming on tour to your city, or if you happen to be heading over to New York, I think I assume it's still playing there. I'm not really 100% sure, to be honest. But 
fantastic musical. Uh, it's about the very first. It's a it's a parody during Shakespeare's time about somebody who uses a soothsayer to look into the future and see what's going to be hot. And the a, a competitor to Shakespeare is a playwright who's a competitor to Shakespeare uses a soothsayer to see into the future to see what is going to be the hot thing in plays so that he can compete with Shakespeare. And the soothsayer sees that musicals are going to be big. So this guy writes a musical in Shakespeare's time, and it's absolutely hilarious. Uh, an amazing choreography, just a great show. So that's going to be my pick is Something Rotten. And I also want to pick an audiobook I've been listening to recently called Dollars and Cents by Dan Ariely, I believe is how you pronounce his last name. Um, Dan has written some other stuff that is pretty interesting. Uh, he's written quite a few books, Predictably Irrational and The Upside of Irrationality. So this is about how irrational people are about money. And it's a really nice book because it also helps you kind of see how you might be irrational about money and help you maybe take steps to work against that. So great audiobook. I, I don't know. I'm a third of the way through or something, but I've really enjoyed it. I've enjoyed all of his other work, though. He's a great, uh, great scientist. So those are my picks. And then, Dan, how about you? Sorry, Eric. Eric, how about you? <laughs> <laughs> That's what you get for not updating this slide. Yeah, slide. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, how about you? Well, Albert and I are going to do ours together. <laughs> oh, wow. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so we're going to, Alyssa, Alyssa's going to kill us because we're going to do the same ones we've done <laughs> when, when, we, when we last chat with her. But um, we are, and actually, Alyssa, thank you for helping us get past the 10,000 star mark on Real World. And that's what we're going to be, that's the first pick of ours, which is Real World. Um, if you go to realworld.io, it takes you to the GitHub repo. Um, it's like, it's the mother of, of all demo apps. It's essentially like 2MVC, but full stack. And it's uh, a medium.com clone. It's like a, a social blogging platform. And you can choose any front end and any back end and see how they create this medium.com clone. And so we started the project uh, like nine, 10 months ago, I think now. And uh, we've had, I think we're almost at 30 different front ends and back ends now. Um, and there's like some cool stuff. There's like a Rust back end. There's like an Elm front end. Like you kind of like the, the, the wacky, cool sort of ends of things. We've permeated that now. Um, so it's super cool if you're you know looking to learn a new framework, front end or back end, and see how they can work together and whatever have you. Um, so that's the first pick. And the second pick. Second pick is uh, Thinkster. Yeah, Thinkster. <laughs> our our Thinkster.io. Um, if you're looking to learn about any of the real world stacks, we have tutorials on a handful of them. If you want to learn about like Django, um, Rails, React, Angular, and, and yeah. yeah. So it's, it's like, a, you know, and, and I hear these two really cool guys run things through .io and uh, you should totally Pretty give them. Your money. Yeah. Like they, <laughs> they just awesome guys. Um, and uh, yeah. So, but yeah, it, it thinks teaches a lot of the actual real world um, front end and back end stacks. Uh, so they have like, they're like accompanying tutorials to the code bases themselves. Um, and that's how Pi and I stay alive on a month to month basis. So, <laughs> Uh, if, if you're looking to learn that stuff, we'd be uh, we'd be thrilled if you came to Thinkster and bought a subscription and supported our work. Awesome. Well, thanks, guys, for being on the show. It's been really a great show. Had a lot of fun talking about Stack Blitz, which is absolutely an amazing project. Um, I think I should amend my picks and actually pick Stack Blitz. I've used it. <laughs> it is truly fantastic. It is absolutely best of breed. So... Uh, thanks for coming on the show. We've had you guys on JavaScript Jabber before. For the audience that's listening, if you haven't heard that episode, it's another good episode about Stack Blitz. And um, thanks, uh, panels, Ward and uh, Alyssa, for being on as well. And thanks to the audience for listening. We'll catch you all next week. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Oh, man. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com to learn more.